0: Who you are. I can see you go shining from afar. Passion in your heart, fire in your eyes. That you want to rise, I am not the You're a superstar. That's just who you are. I can see you go shining from afar. Passion in your heart, fire in your eyes. That you want to rise, I am not the You're a superstar.
1: Welcome to the Mind, Body, and Soul Awakening Show, where we celebrate resilience honor triumph over tragedy and inspire transformation guiding you on a life-changing journey of healing and self-discovery now get ready to be inspired by stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're Stina. You're a Star this is who you are you shining from
0: afar, passion in your heart, fire in your eyes, but you want to ride, it's lighting up the sky, you're a superstar,
1: that's just who you are, I can see you glow, shining from afar, passion in your heart, fire in your eyes, but you want to ride, it's lighting up the sky.
2: You're a superstar, superstar, hello, 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 and welcome to the Mind Body and Soul Awakening Show. I'm going to bring my co-host for this season,
1: Pastor Jeff. Hey, Pastor Jeff, how you feeling today? Hey, I'm super fantastic as always. Can you believe it's October already, oh stars? Time is flying. The year is almost over. Can I
2: just say I'm loving doing this series with you? How are you feeling about it? The men's series.
1: I love doing this men series because we need a voice and more men need to come out of those men caves because anxiety, depression and those type of stresses are in the man cave. So we need to come I love out. it. I love it. And if this is
2: your first time coming to the Mind, Body and Soul Awakening show, it is a show where we talk about trial, tra- traumas and tragedies. And this is the third season. Pastor Jeff was a guest of mine in season one. He was actually my very first guest. <laughs> yes. He, he made me feel so comfortable doing my first episode. In season one, I wanted to talk to people that had gone through a tragedy and turned it into a triumph. A tragedy is when the energies of a trauma and a tragedy collide. When these two energies come together, life changing experiences occur. And then in season two, I wanted to bring it home to my personal experiences. And PJ was another guest. And then we realized we've got a great connection going, a great thing going. And then we thought let's dive even deeper to those conversations with men. So that's what we're doing this season. Look what I got in the mail today, PJ. Look
1: what I- ah congrats congrats congrats
2: yes thank you thank you this is the third proof Mm -hmm. (laughs) let me tell you pj i did not realize writing a book would be so challenging i'm not going to say hard and it's the little things it literally took a month for the cover for everything to come out right and to start off every show i want to start with a bible verse just because it helps me feel deeper, connected with God. And in my book, No More Traumedy, every chapter starts with a Bible verse, PJ. And today's verse I want to talk about is Proverbs eighteen twenty one: Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it
1: shall eat the fruit thereof. Hmm, have you ever preached on that topic, PJ? I have, and one of the very interesting things about that, Stars, is the fact that it was King Solomon who wrote that, and being a king, literally, life and death was in the power of the king's tongue. He he utilized that knowledge and that wisdom to give us a proverb, give us a word of wisdom, for those who are believers of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to know that not only is life and death in the power of the king's tongue, but the it's in the power of the king's children's tongues as well. And so as born-again believers, it's imperative that we realize that literally we can kill people's spirit or we can raise people's spirit with what we say, as well as our own. I definitely
2: hear you. And it's wild that you say that because I think last week or who knows, whenever we talk, you're saying how when women talk to men a certain sort of way, it makes them feel a certain way. And that's with the power of the tongue, when it comes to nowadays, how would you say that is
1: important? The power of the tongue, how we talk to men or women. It's more important today stars, because we don't have the same dynamics that we used to have in the family. And that's where. Everybody got around the table and talked around dinner, perhaps around lunch. Now we live in this microwave society. We pass each other. We may not even sit down and eat together or we're in the car and you're eating from Chick-fil-A and he's eating from Burger King or whatever. And so now it's really imperative that we're very selective in the words that we use to not only talk to ourselves, but to talk to our spouses and our loved ones. Yes. And so today's guest, let me tell you a little bit about him,
2: PJ, and everyone listening. Tell me, tell me, So, you know, I'm Tina, Stars Tina, right? Mm -hmm. And I talk about a lot of things, but most of the times I really don't talk about my personal relationship. You know, I don't say if I'm married, if I'm single, if I'm with anyone. And I decided in the beginning of this, Series, you know, being that it was about men, that one of the series I wanted to bring my guy in, and I say my guy because for the longest time I was like, I am too old to say boyfriend, like boyfriend. (laughs) I'm not saying boyfriend. And this morning I had a little meltdown, PJ. Let me tell you because I realized uh, how much this man actually loves me, and I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for him and Renee, you know, Renee Montana, because he's just given so much towards me. So I wanted to highlight him in this episode because we all go through traumas and tragedies, traumaties, right? And I met him on a dating app, and I was actually forced to do it. As you all know, my heart was crushed seven and a half years ago when my son was murdered. And I really didn't want to get back into the dating world. And this girl, I am the matchmaker. Like, you want to get matched up? I'm that person. I want to match somebody up. And I was at the spin studio. Everything in my life happened at the spin studio. And I got hooked this girl up with one of the instructors. And her relationship was great. And she was like, Tina, you need to be in a relationship. And I was like, "Now nah, I'm fine. Now nah, I'm fine. PJ, do you know women who say, I don't want a man? I'm fine. I'm happy. Do you ever hear women talk like that?
1: Normally, those are women who have been hurt and have a wall up because they don't want to be hurt again. Yes.
2: And that was me. So she literally took my phone and I have pictures and videos in my phones for days. She signed up to this app. put She did all this stuff. I didn't do anything. And then she starts swiping. And then so anyone who has a friend who you're trying to get them hooked up, just put them on the app. Just put them on the app. (laughs) Put them on the app. Just put them on the app. Because PJ, once you're on it, it's like okay, let me swipe, and you start looking, right? Because your mind is curious, and I am that girl. Like boom, 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 and nobody got time to waste. Like, let me know. I had this, so this is gonna be a little dating part right here for women that are listening. That are like, how do I find a man? First, text. Are we connecting with text? Okay, boom. Then you get graduated to. FaceTime. I want to see your face. I want to feel you. If you're not gonna FaceTime with me, put it in a bottle of hair grease. Okay, something's going on with that. If the <laughs> energy is still good with the FaceTime, then let's meet up. PJ, can I tell you? Most men are like, oh, well, next week. Oh, uh, what a- hello? If you gotta wait till next week, then you're dating someone else. I don't have time for that. <laughs> <laughs> so the day I was on with him, he was like. Ah, uh, well, do you want to go out tonight? I think he said that. I said, well, I'm supposed to be going out with someone else, but he hasn't responded. So if you want to, yes. oh, not not the second choice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And something happened, but before that, I have to rewind before I actually accepted or even wanted to date him. We had a conversation, and it was one thing he said. And when he said this one word, I knew he was the one. And he said energy. I don't even know what the freaking sentence was, but he said something about energy. The average person, especially a man, doesn't talk about energy. So anyway, I'm going to shut up. I'm going to bring him through here. He's an extremely hard worker with so many entrepreneur Ship ideas, thoughts. I'm probably saying that all wrong from wanting to do a courier service to doing real estate, you name it. But he's one of those blue collar workers who's just amazing and just treats me like a queen, even though sometimes my tongue can be like a knife. And
1: <laughs> yeah, really, oh, really? starts. Before we get started, now you know who you're dealing with, right? This is PJ. The I'm being quiet. No, uh-huh. no, no, quiet. no, no, bars. Hell. So are you ready for this? No, <laughs> <laughs> no.
2: Let me tell you, PJ. So I did my, I can't wait till you do your book, PJ guys. You don't know, but PJ is coming out with a book in the next three months. He's just going to make it happen. But I wanted it to be audio because I know if anyone is like me, ain't nobody got time to be sitting there and reading a book. It would be great. I bought Eric Thomas's book. Did you know he was in a conference this weekend? No. Someone sent me, a, he was at that Funnels Click thing. And uh, then P- Dr. Fun, Fred, yes, I think so. Dr. Fred sent me a video and a picture. And let me tell you, I'm sorry to get off topic. I need to see things. He sent me a video of Eric Thomas on stage, firecrackers, lights, boom. I was like, that's me. I'm gonna be on a stage like that. And I say that to say, so I bought Eric Thomas's book, I never opened it, but I listened to it on Audible. So the that. point is, today I finished recording my book in the studio, <laughs> and as I'm reading it, I'm like, girl, you, you need to do this, girl, <laughs> when are talking about relationships. <laughs> so I'm gonna pull him in without Let's, let's pull him, him in,
1: let's pull him in. My so. God. I think I'm gonna go out. Keith, how are you, my brother?
0: Hello, how are you?
1: I'm super fantastic. Are you ready for this? I'm ready.
0: I'm ready. I was well, born. Let's ready. start I out. Born ready.
1: <laughs> let's start out by telling everyone who you are, what you do, and what in the world inspired you to be one of our guests.
0: <laughs> okay, who I am. Um I'm a, I'm a father of a daughter. Um, um, I come from a military type like family. Um, Well, with that being said, there was, there was issues growing up, but I didn't let the circumstances uh, influence my future. And so with that, I, I can say I'm a hard worker, loving type like man. To a, a family, uh, a woman, or whatever. Um, positive individual, um, entrepreneur in real estate, you name it, I'm there. You know, um, just a person of positive vibes. Let me say it that way.
1: Okay. All right, all right. And before we dive into the conversation, we're gonna talk about something that we hear women talk about all the time, and that's daddy issues. We're going to talk about father issues from a man's perspective. But before we dive into that in depth, Star said something that she was sharing about your experience on the dating app. And as a man, as a man, I got to ask this question. So she says that the first time for the first date, she's like, yeah, we can go out if my other date don't show up. Bro, talk to me about how what a man goes through when a woman hey. tells you that you 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 in line for second.
0: I I didn't know that, really. I don't, I, that. I, I don't remember that. Um. Uh, I remember something different. I didn't remember that, that though. But
1: well, tell us what. See, see, one of the things I've learned be, in relationships is that men and women here. Can hear the same thing, but they process it different. So tell us what you heard. Tell us your story.
0: Yeah. Well, for one, for one, for me, if I'm to be honest, like that, there was a situation happened. I had a flat tire in route to see Tina, and um, uh, being a spiritual energy type like person, we have like a great relationship as far as like conversation. But in my route there, I was kind of like a little discouraged. I'm like, okay, God, I got a flat tire. It's just a bad sign. Da-da-da-da. Or da, da, da. <laughs> uh, there was an issue with my starter. I think it was a flat tire in starter. And immediately I thought something was wrong. Um, I wound up having my car car towed. Mm. Um, I've had I had my car repaired. And then, you know, I had missed the designated time that I was supposed to the her. But I still stayed in contact. And um I believe I wound up going. I still went. I didn't let that stop me. Okay. So but but the second option I didn't know I was there. <laughs> 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 I didn't know that. <laughs>
1: you, didn't, you didn't know that.
0: No.
1: Uh oh. So she, she the popped in, but she knows she can't talk. <laughs> well,
0: no,
2: no,
1: no. no. She, I was still on him. <laughs>
2: Tina,
1: you know the rules, You know the rules.
0: <laughs> you know
1: the rules. <laughs> oh, I thought that was hilarious. I, I, I would imagine that if a yeah, man knows
0: it, it, that may have gave me a different influence. Uh, if
1: I, <laughs> ab- absolutely, we just like to keep it one one hundred. Well, right. with with right. that, let's move into talking about. From a from a man's perspective father issues now you mentioned that you were in a military family tell us a little right. bit about
0: that um my father was in the military for approximately like 30 years um I'm a military brat um I have um, an older brother that was a retired military uh retired lieutenant colonel mm-hmm. sister older sister she was a retired lieutenant colonel um, I had a sister that works for the Pentagon. My other brother my other brother was in the military. Um he uh he passed uh with the issue that was non-military. Um, so I come from a military family. I didn't pursue that option. I found other sources of um to make life what it is today. Um, but um I had a military influence. I had a a, a good Uh, a good background as far as like um, uh, what the military can do for you. Um, My situation is a little bit different. Um, If I can explain, Um, one issue was, I would say 2003. The father that I thought I knew was not exactly, I, I found out that he wasn't my father. So I only mm. found out that 2003 when he died. Okay. And I must throw this in my siblings are 11 to 12 years older than me. So I'm, I'm coming up in a household where I did not know and nobody said anything. Mm. Um, I know that I'm different growing up. I know that things looked a little strange and it seemed like I was treated differently. But I never knew that until like 2003. I was well adult, um, okay. probably pro- approaching thirty. Okay.
1: All right. So 2003, you learned that that the, the man that you thought was your biological father is indeed not your biological father, and right. this is this is the man that's that spent thirty years in the military.
0: Yes, yes, sir.
1: Okay, and. At that point in time can you share with us what your emotions were
0: I was angry um of course you know I'm gonna go to my mom and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to my mom and express uh, uh, what I'm going through with my mom and you know of course you know uh, I didn't get the answer that I wanted. You know, um, I felt I felt like my siblings knew more, a little bit more than what I knew. Uh And the reason I found out was through my oldest sibling, my oldest sister. Um, uh, That was kind of vetting at the moment. And she actually she did not physically tell me she told my wife at the time. Mm And my, my, my wife had a conversation with me. Okay. That's how I found out. So I was really devastated, really upset. Um, my father died of heart failure. Doing this whole process. I was the one that was, uh, predominantly with him the whole time, okay. but I never knew he never said anything prior to his death.
1: So do you think he knew?
0: Oh, yeah I know he knew um, okay. it's just amazing that the details you get after somebody after a parent dies you get mm-hmm. sometimes you get these de- de- uh, the details that it's just like unbelievable um we had different blood types ah. um I needed at birth I knew he was in Vietnam at the time I believe he had to come back from Vietnam because I was being born and i needed blood transfusion and something else and it was at the time i was a different blood type from his and there was some other stuff this came from my oldest sibling and i was i never knew it i noticed i I looked different okay you know um, from my my other two brothers i had i was taller mustache Mm -hmm. more lighter and um it was just some little details, but I guess after finding out, it answered a lot of questions because growing up, it was mom that went to the most predominantly mom that went to the football and basketball games.
1: Okay. With that being said, the question comes to mind. What was that relationship like between you and, and your, your military father?
0: Um, There was a sense of distance. And um, I never knew. I thought it was just the uh, the training of what the military put in him. So um, I didn't look to it as something that was like what it was in the end. But I looked mm-hmm. at it like of, of a stern uh, military drill sergeant. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I dealt with. He was just extra, with a little extra, with me.
1: Well, I can fully understand that being one who did twenty years active duty mm-hmm. uh, in in the army, so I can under, understand that. What I would like to dive into is during that time frame, where you've already see that there are some differences, uh, there are some some distance. How did you feel were did you feel rejected? Did you feel it was just because as in the military, there's a lot of, of deployments and so the parent is away and the other parent becomes a geographical uh, a bachelorette or a geographical bachelor doing those time frames and the children, of course, then are without one of their parents so with all of that dynamic going on on top of that were you feeling rejected
0: um absolutely um i'll tell you like this um mom and dad went there had, they had their bouts in relationships um i seen some um, traumatic stuff when i was uh maybe three four years old okay. that i never forget um dad was like dad was a rolling stone and a lot of times being with mom because i was so young the other siblings were a lot older that they could take care of themselves and you have to remind there's 11 12 year gap between me and them so into my going into my team or, or 10 year year old uh age they were going So a lot of times I was with mom and with mom, mom was always uh, checking on dad, (laughs) catching dad here, catching dad there, you know, and I was there. So I seen it, but for them, you know, they never seen that part. And um, I felt like towards the end, when dad um, passed, I felt like uh, a lot of um, A lot of uh, pain was felt towards mom. Um, They look at dad, a whole lot of, they look at dad different. Um, You have to understand too, I I have, I I understood that, you know, back in that time, uh, I was born in 71. And during that time, you know, there was so, there was still forms of slavery. And still, Mm -hmm. there was some issues going on and being a woman that's left back here and your husband in, at, in Vietnam and you not knowing or, or wherever he was over there, you not knowing if he was coming back. And it was a different kind of element that she had back here with all these kids here. Right. So I understood that, you know, but for my siblings, I guess they looked at it maybe in the latter years as a, a different way, you know? well, how could you? And, you know, I felt, I hear I heard stuff after he passed, like, well, who are you, you you know, Mm -hmm. you're not, you're not part of us. And, you know, you're not, you're, you're you're not, we don't have the same dad. I I hear that kind of stuff. I've heard that stuff in recent years. Okay. Um, So, um, and I'm currently dealing with stuff, but like I said, um, I didn't let any of that kind of stuff like, um, uh, influence, uh, influence me, influence my life. Um, like I said, I, at a young age, I've seen some traumatic stuff. I've seen the fights. I've seen mom stabbed. Um, I'm talking about by dad
1: oh, wow. and you
0: know, um, mom left. When mom left, she took me with her the other kids was with dad and um this was uh this was this was a, a a traumatic experience for me um i i never knew who my dad was my biological dad was i'm interested in finding uh, finding out who that is today i was give, given inspiration by tina okay um, tina's brought a lot of um Stuff that I probably she brought out a lot of, a lot of stuff that I probably would have never really really tried to address. Um, Speaking of Mm -hmm.
1: speaking of Tina, she talks about this thing that she calls a trauma when a trauma and a tragedy collide. And as you're sharing, you're you're talking about trauma after trauma after trauma without help, that can put you in a downward spiral. So how and when did you recognize that the negativity of all of the trauma was negatively negatively affecting you, and what did you do to change that?
0: My brother that died, I had two brothers. I have one that's a lieutenant. The, my oldest brother is a lieutenant colonel my other brother he was like kind of like you would call the black sheep of the family he was in the military but he wasn't in the military okay and (laughs) he he stayed in the streets and you know he was he was he was he was a a real one he was he was something else out there Mm -hmm. um he got me into sports he played sports and
1: what i learned
0: what I learned playing sports at a young age, I'm talking about recreation, like um, football. It, to, it taught me um, perseverance. It taught me how, uh, it taught me teamwork. It taught me dedication. It taught me everything that may have been neglected at home. It got to the point where I love going to practice. I love getting out of school, going to practice, being with a group of guys that was more like more of a family, uh, or more of a siblings than I had at home, mm-hmm. and none of, none of them knew what I was faced with at home. Nobody knew about my my situation at home, but with them, I found like I found love. I found like uh, the situation where I do anything to protect my brother, or my fellow player, and that kind of like catapulted things in my life to like, um, you fight, you don't quit. Quitting was quitting was never an option playing with playing Mm -hmm. football with the coach. I had the type coaching, um, the coach I had was, uh, that was monumental was his name was Rex Perry. Mm -hmm. Rex taught me, uh, he taught me discipline. Um, he passed like three or four years ago, about five years ago. He taught me discipline. I condolences. Yeah. He taught me a lot of discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, it got to the point when he told me to do do something. I did it. I played di- defense. You're like, we need football. Okay, I'm going to get the football. I'm causing fumble. I didn't do it for me. I did it because I felt like the team needed. It. So with that growing up. I brought that into like my that that that's something that came into my life growing up. So mm-hmm. filling out job applications growing up in life, I didn't let something where if I didn't get the job or I was not, you know, I didn't let that stuff stop me. I still I, I get I got better. I articulated things growing up in the um growing up in the household i um grew up in i had to do everything extra hard okay i had to read more i had to study more i had to get on uh get in contact uh uh learn about credit and stuff at an early age because Mm -hmm. the siblings uh i must say this like this i didn't clarify this all of my siblings were back to back so it's 65 64 63 61 so with that being said they were unit they were as a unit coming up okay my oldest brother and sister went went to winston salem state university well the other two went to um greensboro a and and they had they had the support of one another because they were all there at the same time i didn't have that so nobody reached back and say, "Hey brother, do this, do that, do that." <laughs> I didn't have that. Okay. So I had to rely on getting out here and 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 um, putting myself in in situations to learn. And so, like I said, I didn't get in the military like they did. Um. So that may have may have made things a little bit difficult for me. Um, okay. But. I didn't let that stop me I kept going and to this day um I feel like I've done well um um coming from a um a divorce in like 2016. All right being, a, being able to come out of that and still have everything that I have and have more now I can't uh it, giving up is and quitting is not a
1: Quitting is not an option. With that, Pete, let me ask you this. It sounds as though what you described is while you had older siblings because they were in a, in a unit and much older than you, that basically you grew up as an only child. And in that also because of the relationship with your mom and your dad, that it was almost a single parent type of situation. If, Correct me if I if, if I'm wrong here, but it sounds as though Rex stood in sort of a pseudo father. That was was that your male role model? Because it's been said that it takes a man to teach a boy to become a man. Was was Rex that guy for you, or who was that guy?
0: Um, actually, Coach Rex, my brother that passed in like um 1990. Mm-hmm. You know, uh. Him and Rex were actually classmates. They they mm-hmm. actually played football together. So I have to give um credit to my brother who, who brought me in contact with Rex. My dad, um, my brother did some occasional coaching, but Rex, uh Rex, Coach Rex taught me discipline. Yes, you're right. You're right with saying that.
1: Now I want to ask you a hard question. Mm-hmm. With that type of a background and you becoming a father, how did that tromedy over and over again, because you've, you've described several different traumadies, how did that prepare you to be a father of your daughter?
0: Okay, great. That's great. Um, at a young age, uh, I, I had wit- i witnessed my the the challenges the challenges with my sisters because my dad was military, and he wasn't always around. So they got out there a little bit. They got out there and they got in trouble. My, my oldest sister did wind up getting pregnant just that another, and my my other sister, my dad had to, had to literally go out there and find her. So, and my brother, um, my youngest brother stayed in trouble, but, but this was because dad wasn't always around. Okay. So what I learned of all of this was, this is what I do not want a <laughs> reflection of for my life. I don't want to argue with my wife. I'm not going to fuss and fight with my wife. My kids are going to be orderly. I'm going to be around. I'm going to be that dad that maybe I didn't have and you know or daughter you know I I have one daughter I didn't say that but I'm gonna be that that dad that I didn't have and um my daughter was born on September 11th and so it was kind of like a monumental like situation for me to like okay this is real I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be that stereotype. I'm gonna be something different and I'm gonna live it right in front of her.
1: Good, so to good, answer so-
0: your question, yes. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, uh, that's what happened. I turned the bad and re, uh, made a reflection of what good I can, I can bring uh, out of this situation to my daughter and my family.
1: I want to say a belated birthday wish to your daughter, 9-11. That's also my mother-in-love's birthday. So so we know with the significance of what happened on 9-11, it's a day that uh, that our lives will never forget. I I want to talk about, yes, I want to talk about, well, we're going to dig a little bit deeper, uh, but I want to talk about that T word and that C word that men like to shy and stay away from, therapy and counseling. What part did they play in your recovery?
0: Therapy. Um, I I received my first uh initial, initial uh therapy professional therapy. Um, going fighting to save my marriage. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I actually went through uh therapy, and actually, um. I kind of, I kind of, I loved it. Okay. Um, I was learning things. I was learning how to communicate with wife. I was learning how to like be a more, um, efficient and loving father. It, you know, um, it wasn't, it wasn't one sided. It was, uh, it was, it was somebody that, you know, it wasn't, uh, lenient to one side of the other so that was my first um uh, view uh first uh interview with counseling and uh-huh. um, i've been through counseling with preachers and but it wasn't like uh it was a different kind of situation i can say because my i'm i'm open so i'm i'm opening a door here okay
1: you know
0: my ex was an elder. Okay. So the first, uh, the first call of counseling was to a apostle, <laughs> and I felt like it was a little one-sided. I got a little bit, you know, discouraged. Um, it didn't work out. He was. it it was almost that we were going counsel. we were counseling him and he was Mm. going through what he was going through. (laughs) So it was a, it was a weird situation and we wound up getting some professional counseling, which I would direct anybody to do.
1: Absolutely. I, I, I'd like to say Pete that, and I am a pastor, but I also am trained in, in counseling. And I like to say that, that if you're going to get counseling, get it from a professional. Okay, you're on mute. You're on mute. I am. Okay. Okay, now you're back. Yeah, I, I like to say get it from get it from a professional, someone that not only if you want to get a spiritual counselor, get someone who is also spiritual, but there are tools that counselors are that are trained, are equipped with where we're gonna look at your relationship from more than just a biblical perspective, because we use the Bible. We don't live in the Bible. So with that, I definitely understand it. And it's surprising that you said that you enjoyed the counseling. So do, do, do the men a favor and tell the men, that are afraid of counseling they're afraid of the c-word they're afraid of the t-word afraid of therapy because they think it makes them look weak and not in control do them a favor and tell them the benefit of getting professional therapy and professional counseling
0: um one other thing first off most uh i would say a large percentage of like african-american males you know, growing up, we may not uh, have all the tools to know how to raise a child, or to be a husband, or to be a um, uh, that man of the household that we, you know, that we are, are supposed to be. Sometimes a different opinion isn't isn't necessarily a bad opinion. It's an opinion that you know uh, that trained professionals. Went to school, they got the qualifications to show uh to help you uh succeed in life. Um actually when I say I loved it, I love you know going to counseling, they dived into deep seated, hard to answer type like situations. Mm -hmm. I even loved to go there so much, and it was a lady, it was a sister. (laughs) <laughs> it was so good to me and exciting that I, I got excited about doing assignments okay but you know what it wasn't me that gave up it was mm. my it was my wife She got you know when the, when the heart how they say when it when it gets rough and tough you know some people can't you know people bowed out you right? got so to me I was going to the meeting. My daughter was going to the meeting got so. Where, where is she? I don't know. I'm here. I'm ready to go.
1: They say that. Fire. They say that hurt people hurt people. Right. I like to add: hurt people hurt people until hurt people are healed. Healed people then can help hurt people. It sounds as though that your your previous wife was still hurt.
0: Um, I don't know if it was hurt. Um, the commitment changed. Ah. Uh, when we first when when I just you know I'm I don't know if I'm going outside the realm here, but when we first got married, you know, the first ten years, you know, it wasn't she wasn't preaching, she wasn't into that. We were regular lay members.
1: Okay. Ten
0: years in, you know, because she came from a uh holiness type like background in church she was inspired and motivated to preach and she actually listened to some prophecy where you know you know they said you call to preach this that another so she that's something she did caught me totally out of the blue it caught me out of the blue because we were traveling we were doing things together and all of a sudden it was a abrupt stop i got to do this i got to do what you know god told me to do and You know this is it and it that's 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 how everything changed
1: that sounds like a a future conversation (laughs) that we will look look i didn't know that's a future conversation that we can have because uh, i've shared with some that know about pastor jeff is my first marriage was a Prophelied marriage from that kind of stuff. So I understand that. But let's go back in. We'll we'll have that conversation in a deep dive okay. into that church hurt and prophecy. But I want to go back into the father issues. I don't know if you're aware or not, but Kirk Franklin recently came out with a documentary. Since situation that that sort of mirrors kind of where you're at, where he thought one man was his father all of his life. Come to find out that wasn't. Uh, unlike your situation, which we hope will happen, is he was able to find his biological father. Have you had the opportunity to watch the documentary?
0: Yes, yes. And it's Would you, kind of like influence me more to like, okay, things are different than it was some time ago. Mm-hmm. Now it's just like there's no, uh, there's no excuse why I, I shouldn't know, uh, at least my father or my other siblings that may that, that may be out there. So yes, now, you know, with him. And like just like her, I was like, too. My mom told me she didn't know and you know um she told me the guy that that uh my that was my biological that's your dad and, and you know it's not I know it's not my dad. Um so it is some uh um, it is some curiosity now, a lot of curiosity. And at the point, at this point in life, I want to know, at this point in life, I want to know the truth.
1: Okay. What was your biggest takeaway from watching the Kurt Franklin Um,
0: The biggest takeaway um, mm-hmm. for him, I think it, I, I believe he was in his 50s Three, I believe. Mm-hmm. I believe that's right. It took fifty years to him for him to get to the truth. I'm fifty-two. Okay. So the inspiration behind watching that vi- that video was so compelling because I see myself in him, and we don't know why we're wrestling with things, dealing with things, mm-hmm. physically and spiritually, until you know the truth about who we are or our gene or who we are you know we don't know we don't know why we wrestle with these things until we find out we get some revel- revelatory truth of who we are and i can say that too i at there was one point in my life i, I didn't know who i was mm-hmm. um it just felt like i was a roommate um when i was out um, when i was living with my mom and my dad at the time growing up Um, I didn't understand it. I didn't know what normal and what abnormal was. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, like I said, 2003 was like, it was a very challenging time. I was married. Then soon after going through a divorce and there was times of suicide that, you know, with my marriage, you know. Um, I don't you know no matter what nobody says divorce is a failure that's the way I felt Mm. I failed or I couldn't keep my family together and um
1: I I have to I have to to pause you right there I have to pause you right there for a moment is that still your sentiment Do you still do you still feel that divorce is a failure?
0: No. Um okay. what it took was um my daughter. My daughter <laughs> uh doing before actually before I divorced. I didn't want a divorce because I didn't want my daughter to experience uh, a household that was similar. To what I grew up in. Right. Now the person I was with was so stuck on like, you know, you gotta you gotta preach. You gotta do this. You that not well, I knew that wasn't me. <laughs> so mm. it was fussing going on. My daughter walked in the room one day. She was maybe in her early teenage years, early teenage years. You know, if anybody knows when you think about what's going on it's the kids mm-hmm. and sometimes the kids educate us right my daughter went in there in the room when we were fussing we stopped fussing She said mom be quiet daddy be quiet <laughs> she said she said dad i'm gonna love you even though you and mom are not together she said the same thing to mom, my, my my wife at the time she said mom i'm gonna love you the same if you and dad are not together. I said, I want I want you happy dad and i mom, I want you happy. And that kind of like. It kind of released me, it hurt me, but it released me too. Because I knew I was doing I did what I could. Um, so. Did that answer your question, <laughs> or you want to dig a little bit deeper?
1: Well, I want to dig a little bit deeper, and
0: okay.
1: if I, I want to, I want to walk lightly here because, okay. uh, as you've expressed, you still want to know who your biological father is. So that that says that there there's still some hurt, there's still some pain. So I want to ask, without going into the pain. Were there emotions that you've been healed from that you experienced as you watched the documentary?
0: Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of emotions running around. Like, like, wow. You know, when I watched this video, I'm like, man, his dad was so close to him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So a lot of times who this, you know, who this person may, he might not, he may be somebody in the area. Mm -hmm and um you know uh i do remember as at a young age you know when my mom was young and she took me when they separated at a time there was some guy that she was with and i often wonder i like i wonder if this guy because she always she wasn't that she left so i wonder was that guy was he my father and you know Looking at Kirk Franklin, um, of course, when you're dealing with family and siblings, you know, you're going to hear all kinds of stuff out there. Um, I felt like I was him. Mm -hmm. Um, Tina, uh, Stars Tina told me to look at this video. And um, it was just so compelling to like, it was just like a reflection of me. (laughs) <laughs> um and even like doing this interview, I was like, you know, um, I'm anticipating sitting down talking to my biological father. Right. Um, if he's here. And um or meeting my stepsisters or stepbrothers. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, the, the discussing the hard parts or the traumatic traumatic parts, that's very important to get healing. Because until you bring it out, I don't know it's there. Until you ask right. that question, because now I'm I'm acknowledging it and I'm digging into it. And you know, if we don't deal with these things, this this stuff, we can take this into relationships, into our business, mm-hmm. and. We, we certainly want to deal or address the uh, situations that my, from our past that can influence what we approach in our future.
1: Yeah, it absolutely goes into every aspect of our life, and it's almost time for Tina to come back in. We've got maybe time for a couple of more questions, and I want to stay there with the Kirk Franklin documentary for a moment, as I recognized it, that as I watched it, I went through emotions of. You know, I cried, I laughed, I felt the distance that my my dad is deceased. And that relationship that Kirk was able to begin establishing with his father, I wasn't. So I recognized those those emotions. Kirk took two DNA tests that were key in him finding his biological dad. We live in an age where some men wanna take the test to prove that they're not the father. Some men don't wanna take the test because they don't wanna know if they are the father. And then some aren't ready to deal with the skeletons in the family closet that are in this 50 plus age bracket. My final question is, where are you in that group of men?
0: Um, I would say I'm at the point where I want to know. Um, like I said, I, it, to me, it will answer for a lot of questions. Um, I want to deal with it. I don't want any, I don't want leaving this earth. I don't want any stones, any rocks that, that, that hasn't been uncovered. So for me, you know know, oh, it, it's getting inspiration from this Kirk Frank, Franklin video. Um, whatever it takes, you know, to be a better, uh, the, the, to be to my full uh, potential, this is what I want. And um, uh, I wrestle with it. I did the same thing. I didn't cry because uh, I've cried so much in the past. I cried like days and days when I found out that Mm -hmm. there was a possibility that this guy wasn't my father. Um, Um, there was a lot of pain, a lot of animosity towards my siblings. There still is. It's like a war going on now against, it seems like, uh, they're not accepting me and maybe that probably is the drawback, but, um, for me, it's healing. I don't, okay. I don't want, to, I don't want to leave the earth here with uh, any guilt, any, uh, any um, animosity towards anybody.
1: Well, I want you to know, Pete. I've enjoyed this interview. You have a brother. I <laughs> will make sure that you get all of my contact information. We definitely have to have a, another interview. We have to do that church thing. And I want to do something before we turn to go back to, to stars. Uh, you don't mind if I say a prayer, do you? No, I don't. Father, we bless you, we praise you, and we thank you. And we know that you know all things. And you said we would come asking, if we seek, we shall find. As Sherman Peterson seeks his biological father as he knows you as his heavenly father, I pray now that you will put him as biological father together, that you continue to heal the hurt and the pain that he's gone through in childhood. And every other son that's looking for their father, for every other daughter that's looking for their father, God, we pray that you will bring them together. In the name of Ben Yahweh Yeshua, Jesus Christ, we thank you. Amen. Stars, over to you. Hey, love that, man. Woo.
2: Pastor Jeff, you are pretty amazing with the interviews, giving you a high five. Pete, thank you for being transparent and sharing with us. And anyone who's listening, uh, Renee, can you put Pastor Jeff's information on the bottom of the screen for anyone that's watching? Because PJ, you did you say you were a therapist? Because I know this definitely helped Pete. I could feel his energy changing and shifting. And I always talk about the importance of sharing your story.
1: Well, I'm not a therapist. I I am a trained marriage and relationship facilitator. I am a practitioner of NLP, neuro linguistic programming, and timeline therapy. What does all that mean? It's sounding like Chinese. You're like over my head. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean for the average person who's listening? Neuro syndicate, what? NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming Stars, is just mean, know is. our just brain sick. and our unconscious where your average or your typical therapist deals with you from a conscious perspective. So we go into the unconscious, which which means not that we're lazy, but we allow you to do most of the work because that's mm-hmm. where it has to be done in the first place. And therefore we're we look and seek for I'm not gonna. I would say a speedy uh, 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 mind shift and 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 recovery versus you have to come see us for ten to fifteen years. We, we like to find the problem, correct the problem, and let you go on with your life. That's what we do as practitioners of NLP. And as a facilitator, I'm I'm a just a different word for a trained coach for marriage uh, and relationships.
2: And how can someone find you who's actually listening?
1: They can find me at www.meetpastorjeff.com or my website, i-inspire.club. If you're on Clubhouse, (laughs) you understand the club, i-inspire-club. And we will have a new website coming up very soon.
2: I love it. Pete, thank you for coming through. I am Stars Tina. Don't forget to order your No More traumedy book. This is season three. It's all about the men. And
0: we are out! You're a superstar, that's just who you are. I can see you glow shining from afar. Passion in your heart, fire in your eyes. That you want to rise, high above the skies. You're a
1: superstar, that's just who you are.